For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, what an awesome game. Uh, We can finally say the 49ers have won their first game of the season. Now, Having said that, uh, the game was just absolutely great, and I think that we need to just spend some time and appreciate this, and how long it has been since we have won a game. You have to go back until week one of last year for our last game at Levi's to win a game at home. That's how long it's been. So we, we pulled the win out with the 31-21 to 21 over the New York Giants, who are just terrible. But this was a huge win. There's a lot of firsts that our team came up with this week uh, for the season. One, it was the first time we started a game like right off the bat good uh, or well. The Giants kicked the ball out of bounds to start the game, and it was just great. The first three plays were all penalties, one on us, two on them. It was totally two bad teams. Having said that, we created, or at least we had the fewest mistakes and the most explosive plays, and it turned out really, really well for us. Now, what I want to do is go through just a couple things that started this game differently than our previous games. First, we go up 3 to nothing to start the game. It was the first time that we have been in the lead this season besides the game against Arizona. We had our very first lead at home during this game, first time to lead by four more points, our first lead at halftime, And we have lost 11 straight home games, which is never good. And I I think that kind of details what our franchise has been through the last two years. But we finally break all those trends and we get get a W and it was just an awesome game. Now, already people are messaging me on Twitter and I I put this up already on my Twitter. If you want to go check it out, it's JL underscore Chapman. What does this mean for draft? Because there's already a lot of the 49ers fans that are looking towards the draft season since we are not going to be involved in the postseason. So let me just get that out of the way and then we're going to go through and break down MVPs, things to look forward to, all that kind of stuff. Talk about Jimmy Garoppolo versus CJ Pathard. What do we do now? So Draft order right now, as of right now, if the draft was today, we would still be second pick overall. Um, However, that's only because we're half of a game past or below the Giants. If Because they've already had their bye, we're going into our bye. So we have one more loss than them. 
Now, having said that, if we finish the season with the exact same record as the Giants, let's say we both teams lose out, I don't think that's, you know, I don't want that to happen. But anyway, let's say we both end up 1-15. and 15. The Giants would get the second pick, and we would fall to 3 because they own us as far as strength of schedule. So the way strength of schedule works for tie-breaking is whoever has the easiest schedule gets basically bumped up. Whoever has had the hardest schedule gets bumped down because they're trying to say you had an easier schedule and you lost this many games, so you sucked that much worse. So as of right now, it would be us number two, but if it stays this way and they don't win and we don't win, that would bump us down to three. So now... Even if the Browns win a game, this is the same situation with the same two teams that happened last year. They're going to be way ahead of us because their strength of schedule is awful, just like uh, with the Giants. So the Giants and the Browns have a .506, and we have a .527. And it doesn't look like our schedule is going to get much easier because uh, we've got the Rams, we've got the Seahawks. (laughs) We've got some tough teams coming up with, with some major wins. So the Jaguars have a winning record, the Titans, the Texans, and the Bears are our easiest game left, but even the Bears have a few wins. I mean, the Bears are 3-6, and six, so that's our weakest game, but I'm telling you right now, we're not going to be beating either one of those two teams on strength of schedule. Now, the flip side of that, there are seven teams right now with three wins. So you are looking anywhere from the number one spot, probably not, all the way to the number 10 spot. These are the different options that we have. Now, I don't see us winning two or three more games this year. I think we can get one, possibly two more, but we'll talk about that as we move forward. So anyway, as of right now, we're picking two, but logically, we'll probably wind up in that three spot, which we traded down to last year, so it's somewhat familiar to us. So that's the draft stuff. If you have more draft questions, just let me know. I am uh, insane whenever it comes to the draft. I break down a ridiculous amount of film. Last year, I did 150 player profiles where I did at least four games of film. So shoot those questions over to me. Huge nerd. And if you've, I've, I've got my draft crushes already and so on and so forth. But anyway, let's get through this offense. And what an awesome job. First off, we went 8 for 12 on third downs. That's by far the best of the year. 474 total yards offense, 186 yards rushing, and probably my favorite stat of the entire game, zero sacks. Bravo offensive line, um, completely protected uh, CJ the entire game. He got hit twice. You could register two more hits that were penalties that were wiped out, but still, this kid is tough. And right off the bat, the offensive MVP of the game, you guessed it, CJ Beathard, just dominant. Uh, 92.5 quarterback rating. Let's go through some of these stats, and then I'm going to break down his play. 19 for 25. He had six incomplete passes. Two of them were drops. One of them was a bad throw. One was an interception. And then one time he was throwing it away as he got hit. I mean, this guy was spot on today. 288 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Sacked zero times, as I said, and five rushes. For 15 yards and a touchdown rushing. He was amazing. And it started off the very first play of the game. We do an outside toss play, which Kyle Shanahan saw something because we've ran the toss play a few times. We ran six outside toss plays um, in the first half and four in the second half. He was trying to hit that edge the whole time, and it worked. It worked. Uh, We didn't bust the big play off the edge, but it was still very, very consistent. So back to the very first play from scrimmage. 
Uh, they kick the ball out of bounds. We get good field position. We run a toss to the offensive left side to a freaking, um, sorry, Carlos Hyde, who played so well. Nothing was there, and so we cut back all the way to the offensive right side. Well, C.J. Beathard is 20 yards downfield with an awesome block. Like, And this is who this guy is. They were talking about it the whole time during the game. And you could just see how the players and the coaching staff and everybody just loves CJ. And this, he's just tough and willing to give everything that he got. Uh, stepped up in the pocket so well. So many times on third and long, there would be pressure, which would have sacked Brian Hoyer every single time. But he stepped up in the pocket, and the offense gave him a position to step up into, which is awesome from our interior pass rush guys. Our, our guards, we give them a lot of flack. Uh, they're definitely the weakness of our offense that in our receiving core, but they are great at pass pro. They're just terrible at run blocking and miss their gaps and their man a lot of times. But it was great. Uh, he was surprisingly mobile. His zone read was great. And even on his touchdown scramble, a uh, great play call on third and two. I think we're on the seven yard line. We basically run a play action boot to the left and. We have two layers. So the way that you stretch the field vertical, because you have option one right at the line of scrimmage, is third and two. So that the mentality is my first outlet can catch it and get those two yards. The second one is five to seven yards behind him. So you're stretching it. It's just layers. You pick which one you're going to hit. Well, they were both guarded really, really well, but there wasn't a perimeter quarterback contain in so what cj did was just basically motion to both guys to become blockers so instead of being a receiver turn and just hold your man up and cj went and dove in for the end zone it was absolutely awesome and interesting note which could stick around for a while whenever he dove into score he fell on his hand awkwardly and kind of hurt his thumb you saw him on the sideline and the coach told jimmy garoppolo go get warmed up it's time to go you're in CJ said, uh-uh-uh, <laughs> toughed it out and went back out there and played wonderful. So who knows? I mean, if we were to play out the projection that CJ takes this job and just keeps running with it and Jimmy basically never becomes the guy, it's going to come down to that, the idea that CJ toughed it out. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, for uh, NFL Films one day, if Steve C uh, Sable wants to interview me, we could go back and talk about that. Anyway. Probably my favorite play of the entire game was a dropped pass. It was a wheel route to Selick. What a wheel ride is, he lined up the last at tight end position, and he looks like he's just doing a three-yard out route, and then he turns and wheels it up the sideline, and it was just an absolute perfect pass by CJ, but it was when the sun was shining in his eyes, and it literally hit him in the shoulder and just fell to the ground, but it was the best pass of the day, and it unfortunately didn't show up in the stat sheet. Um, now, amazing deep ball to Goodwin for the 83-yard touchdown, and this is amazing. Goodwin, he didn't have an amazing game. He only had two targets, but he sure as hell made the most out of them. 83 yards and a touchdown, and this play was kind of the epitome of what the 49ers are because it was a perfect team effort play. It was a deep play action play and basically just a post route um, from Goodwin. Now, and, and let's just start up front. O-line, absolutely perfect, okay? And we had an offset eye where Selleck was lined up as the fullback and Carlos Hyde was the running back. Both of them stepped up and picked up blitzers because they brought six men on that play. Everybody picked up and CJ just laid out a perfect ball. Great catch by Goodwin and then broke the tackle and sprinted into the end zone for the touchdown. And let me just say, 
condolences to to Goodwin. He uh, he and his wife uh, lost a pregnancy just uh, earlier this week. That ha- had to be a tough week for him. Uh, he got his first touchdown as a 49er, and we just want to say the faithful's behind you. Um, I'm from the Dallas area, and I- I've watched uh, Goodwin play track and football since he was in high school. So, you know, just just want to say condolences to you guys and hope all is well. But send out some positive messages to him, Flash Gordon, on Twitter. I- I'm, sure, I'm sure he would like to feel loved in that. But anyway, great game, great game. Now, I will say this. Few things with CJ. The interception play was not funny, but it was just an amazing play. It was a simple screen play, and he tried to dump it over Olivier Vernon's head, but Vernon read it and just made a freak play. And sometimes you just got to realize that they have studs on their side too, and that that's kind of what happened there. And he just made a great play. It wasn't like it was a bad read. He just didn't step into his throw, and that's kind of what happened there. Now. Besides that, he did a great job reading the blitz. Time and time again, CJ was motioning in and out of game uh, plays. And if you look at Breda's big touchdown run, that was all 100% CJ. He stepped up to the line, he gave a dummy count, and he saw the safety that was in the box backpedal out. And as soon as he did that, he stepped up, changed the play, and you can tell he's talking to the offensive line and the backs. And whenever the play started, the receivers were running a route. It wasn't like it was just uh, the backside receivers ran a route. So I don't know if they got just missed the call or not. But it was 100% just a, a play read by the quarterback and changing the play at the line to create that. So that is so promising because we have such a complex system. They talked a little bit about this. The Patriots and Kyle Shanahan, those are the two most complex systems in the entire NFL. And for a rookie to come in and just own it so well is very, very, very promising. So anyway, what do we do now? We, we got Jimmy Garoppolo, and all the rumors were, well, Jimmy's coming in, and he's going to be starting after the bye week. So we have the bye week this week. Then we play Seattle at home, which, you know, they got Richard Sherman out, and the Seattle defense is legit, but it's nothing like what it was. Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, there's a lot of other people out as well. So what was the plan here? Because I was one of the people saying, we need to get Jimmy out after the bye week and see what he can do. I completely take that back you've got to roll with this kid with the way the locker room is with the way everything is and you've got to see the potential and if this guy can sustain this you can win so many games with a quarterback that has a 92.5 passer rating and who only had six incompletions for almost 300 yards and accounts for three touchdowns this kid is special so what i would suggest is that we stay with cj until we fall behind in a game. He has a terrible half, so on and so forth. And, and I would make it known, CJ, you keep playing like this. You are our guy. Now, I would get Jimmy some first-team snaps. I would do probably like a 60-40 split to demonstrate to the team that we have confidence in both these guys. But as long as you keep playing for CJ, we're rolling with him. But again, anything happens injury-wise or a game gets out of hand, I uh, not... If we keep winning, then you stay with it, obviously. But if we fall behind more than two to three scores, I'm throwing Jimmy in there to see if he can provide a spark. That's what I think we should do. Now, let's just play this out. If CJ dominates the rest of the year and plays at this level, do you re-sign Jimmy? And I think you franchise him. 
I think you franchise them, and then you can do that whole negotiation thing, whatever else. But I would keep them. We have all the cap room in the world. Uh, the worst-case scenario is if we had two very young QBs with a lot of potential, I'll take it. <laughs> I am okay with that. All right, that, that's enough QB talk. Sorry I went on long there, but I am freaking ecstatic. It is such an awesome day to be a 49er. Now, our offensive line played absolutely amazing in pass pro. Again, 186 yards rushing, zero sacks. Um, but it's always tiered with our offensive line. Uh, Staley, Kilgore, and Brown absolutely crushed it. All Pro Bowl level, level play today. Um, our guards continue to be our weakness. Now, whenever I say they're our weakness, they're playing quality, winnable football, obviously. They just miss blocks and miss assignments sometimes and get overpowered, especially with double moves and Tomlinson. Goodness, anytime you see that um, three technique, shoot inside he'll take one stutter step inside then loop outside it seems like it gets him every time which he was supposed to be very agile coming out of college from duke but anyway he he still played great but he missed some plays on the fourth and one play that we didn't get it was a fullback overplay to kyle Yuschek. man fusco just watched his guy destroy and end our drive on fourth and one i was so pissed off fusco had a great game last week and by all accounts pretty good game Above average game today, but nowhere near the level of Brown, Kilgore, or Staley. Uh, Carlos Hyde, great game. 98 yards rushing so close to that century mark, and you could tell he wanted it. Uh, three targets. He had two catches on three targets for six yards. And just, he's playing his rear end off. This guy, he needs to stay a 49er. He needs to be signed. Um, I have no problem with cutting use check. He fumbled again. That's his third fumble this year. And while he had some great blocks in the run game, he is not. I would rather cut him and give that entire contract to Carlos Hyde. Now, hopefully, Juszczyk picks it up. But as of right now, uh, I would prefer to have Garrett Selleck in the fullback role over or, or Kittle, preferably. I'd take both those guys over Juszczyk just because you cannot get three touches a game and fumble one of them and do that on a consistent basis. So we'll see what happens there. Matt Breida came in. Man, what a great run. He shows such vision, and he doesn't waste any movements whenever he's running the ball. It's it's, it's really it's clinic, textbook, positive yard running, which is wonderful. Um, I'm so excited for our backfield. And remember, too, we have two studs on our practice squad. And um, Jeremy McNichols out of Boise State, that we got on our practice squad, and Joe Williams out of Utah. So we have four young running backs all under the age of 25 that are very, very promising. So I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I know a lot of people talking about Saquon Barkley this and that. I don't think it's necessary, not with the needs that we have at other positions. <clears throat> Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, wide receiver at SMU. That's who we need to get. Anyway, I, I, I'll, I'll get back to this game. Now, Garrett Selleck as well had a great game stepping in at tight end. Four catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. And it was funny. They asked him after the game, tell us what happened on that play. And he said, well, I heard people say I was a fantasy sleeper this week, so I didn't want to disappoint them. So I wanted to get their points for their fantasy team, which is hilarious. Um, just what a great, great game for him. Now, when Kittle comes back, he will revert to his role as being the blocking tight end. But I'm just happy. Great job by the offense as a whole. 31 points is win. That's a winning formula in the NFL. You get 31 points, you should win. Now, let's move on to the defense. And a couple things that stood out right off the bat. Three sacks and one forced turnover. 
You can't say that much about this defense this year, but three sacks is awesome. We've had four games with zero sacks, which is impossible to win. So, And we also held them to five for 14 on third downs. Now, my MVP player goes to Ronald Blair. Goodness. Man, I miss that guy so much. He is so versatile and can do literally everything. I think he could legitimately play linebacker and defensive end. He came in, he had four tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. I mean, just exactly what we need. And the thing is, he wasn't even playing a lot of snaps. He got about 60 to 70% of the snaps just off. I haven't done my snap count yet, but I don't think it's more than 60 to 70% because he was coming in and out situationally, but absolutely awesome. Blew up a screen pass and destroyed the running back, which was cool. Uh, got to Eli twice. Just and Man, he just played great. If we have that type of contribution from that guy, man, we're going to be great. I'm telling you right now, Eric Armstead, he's done for the 49ers. We, not that I dislike him because I love Eric Armstead. The problem is he has not been productive. And when you have guys like Ronald Blair and, shoot, Doosable, <laughs> he has been way more productive than Eric Armstead has been coming up off the street. And so let that guy go. We don't need him. We don't need him. Now, Reuben Foster, absolutely amazing. 10 tackles, one tackle for loss. And his hits are not, he doesn't tackle. They shouldn't be called tackles. He is a missile that explodes. Um, and there were a few times where he sacrificed his body and basically got put on his back because he didn't want to just wrap up. He wanted to deliver a hit even if it goes against him just because that's who he is and how he plays. He is a mean, mean, mean man. Um, great game again and could have been MVP just fine. And then this next guy could have played, been MVP as well, and that's Adrian Colbert. Holy freaking cow. He only had four tackles, but he had three pass breakups on the sideline at crucial third down plays. He is the free safety that we have been waiting on. We got this guy in the seventh round out of Miami. And just let me say this, nobody saw this coming, but he might be a long-term solution to the problem of free safety. Because he has been able to play sideline to sideline better than anybody else that we have had. And we've had a lot of safeties. Uh, Eric Reed has played that position. Jimmy Ward has played that position. Jaquiski Tark has played that position. Lorenzo Jerome has played that. He's the fifth guy to get the chance. And the knock on him always was he's undisciplined. And you don't know if he can make the play in tackles to play that position. Because he'll hit you. And we saw this. He had three big hits. But he doesn't wrap up, and sometimes he gives up a big play. But we haven't seen that. And in the two games that we have had him back there since Ward got hurt, he is covering way more ground and being a bigger impact play than uh, Jimmy Ward has been all year. Now, this doesn't mean I don't want Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward is a solid player. He just needs to play corner or nickel. He does not need to play free safety. Again, he has just played awesome. Adrian Colbert, I'm so excited to see what this guy's going to do. And a few episodes ago, I talked about the most important 49ers moving forward, and Colbert was not not on the list. I, you're talking top 15 49er moving forward, maybe higher. If he can solidify that role, man, that's one major area we do not need to address in the draft. So let's see what he can do. Keep an eye on him. Uh, props to that guy. He played awesome. DeForest Buckner, quiet first half. 
just maintains his gap, and the offense schemes to go away from him now. Man, I was so disappointed because what they would do is they'd see where the defensive linemen were, and you'd see them point at them, and they would even say, right, 99 stud, 99 stud, which basically means if we're running to the right B gap and that's where he is, we're flipping it. And so they basically double-blocked him the entire game and ran away from him. Uh, but he did his job. He did, he did his job. Dante Johnson probably his worst game of the year, but he just was giving up way too much cushion. I, I don't understand whenever he's man-on-man, and he was guarding Tavares King a lot of times. He stayed on the sideline. He didn't chase um, like Patrick Peterson does. He just stayed on the defensive right. And, man, he was given a 10- to 12-yard cushion on third and seven, and that just pisses me off. I understand, Ben, don't break, but... Guys were catching the ball, six-yard separation. You can't do that. Aquilo Witherspoon, great game. Great coverage, one-on-one versus Ingram, and got help over the top. Great team D. I mean, that's exactly what it looked like in the first, uh, the very first drive, I think it was. Like, you want your corner running with them, which Witherspoon can do that easily. He can run with anybody. His arms are long. He just has to make the actual play. Very excited to see what this... I was very, very hard on him because I didn't think he was a football player. But he made a couple big hits. He came in and lowered his shoulder against running backs, which was just awesome. So uh, I, I've been hard on him, and I, I'm going to praise him and just say, hey, keep doing what you're doing, man. Because if he can lock down one of those corner spots, we're going to be a force on defense. Uh, Elvis Dumerville, the old man coming in and getting a sack. Great job, great job. He's leading the, uh, our team for sacks on the year. Eric Reed played awesome as well, eight tackles, and just seemed he seemed to be assigned to Evan Ingram. Almost anywhere Evan Ingram went, as long as he wasn't split outside as the wideout, he seemed like it was Eric Reed's job. And he got beat for a touchdown, but he was in perfect position. He just didn't get his head around and make a play. You got to give that. That was 100% Eli Manning just making an Eli Manning play, which, I mean, you got to give it to the guy. He still has flashes, even though he's played pretty terrible the past few years. But anyway, so. Brock Coyle, this would be my big negative. He's got to go. This guy, we understand he's a stopgap. I understand he calls the plays. He is terrible. He is so slow, and all the big runs were because he missed his backside gap because he's just too slow. Anyway, I don't want to be mean. Special teams was great. We had that fumble scare, but it uh, got reversed because his knee went down. That was great. Turnovers, we gave up two. Uh, Use check, the fumble on the screen pass. And then the interception on another screen pass um, where they just made a freak play. We had we forced one turnover, and that was Ronald Blair's uh, sack and strip where Eric Reed got it back. Now, a couple random just facts that kind of stood out to me. Before today, the 49ers lead the entire NFL in passes. Now, I know we have a late bye week, so you got to throw that in there. But just think about this. We have thrown the ball more than Drew Brees. We have thrown the ball more than the freaking Falcons or any team. And we have a rookie quarterback. That, we gotta run the ball more. I still think that we're throwing the ball a little bit too much. Run the ball, run the ball. That is the formula for success on this team. Uh, Run D looked absolutely great. By far our best. We did give up 100 yards rushing, but (laughs) it's baby steps. We're improving. Penalties, we lose again. It's who we are. Uh, The Giants had four penalties for 35 yards, and San Francisco had six penalties for 44 yards. So out of 10 games, we have had nine games. We have had the most penalties. The Seahawks were the only team to get more penalties than us, and maybe even the best news of the whole day. Injury report, none. (laughs) No significant injuries. 
Goodwin got hurt for a second. Thard got hurt for a second. But both of them were okay and were able to come back and keep playing, which is just great. So what a great time to be a 49er. It's such a great week, and we get to go into the bye week. There is nothing better than a team that is 0-9. Now we are 1-9. We have two weeks to celebrate this win and build off that confidence. And so very excited about going forward. We do have the Seahawks after our bye week, so that's going to be fun. Now, next week I will be doing an episode, even though we don't have a game, and I want you to reach out to me because I have a couple ideas, but I would much rather give what you guys want. I'm thinking about breaking down some contracts long-term and maybe some draft stuff as well or something crazy in depth that I can spend the time on instead of watching the 49ers game three or four times. So hit me up on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman. Uh, let me know what you think. If there's anything you want me to dive into, just message me there, and I'd be more than happy to get that, and I can put some time into that. So stay strong and faithful after the win. It's going to be a great week, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.